Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Uh, I started this podcast a little over four years ago with the idea of bringing you a lot of different people who are doing really cool things in the world of entrepreneurship, of business, and beyond, because the one thing I know to be very true is that success leaves clues. So when you talk to people who are, who are carving their own path in the world, people have different paths, but they're going to leave a little nugget of information, a little theory, a little idea along the way. And from that, we can pick stuff up. And today's going to be one of those days. But before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So many of you out there offer physical products to your fans and your customers. But dealing with the physical stuff, that can be a pain and it steals your precious time because you've got to go to the post office and stand in line and mail everything. Well, my friends at Amplifier blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you totally control. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and even help you drive your giveaway campaigns. They are great for large internet powerhouse companies as well as entrepreneurs just starting out. And on-demand means no inventory risk. But as you grow, you can stock up on inventory and Amplifier will handle that for you as well. Go to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. So speaking of today, today I have someone on who she, she's got kind of an interesting life. She's young. She's still finding her way in the world. Her name is Kate Pearson. No, not the Kate Pearson from the ever popular TV show. This is us. In fact, the Kate Pearson I'm about to interview has never even seen an episode of This Is Us, so I was pretty sure she was living under a rock. But as it turns out, no, she's just really busy doing actual stuff uh, and too much to be watching a television show. But uh, anyway, she is someone I met through sort of the podcasting world. She has an online communi community called She's Hungry that I want to talk about. She's also a portrait and food photographer, and she's just doing cool stuff. So Kate Pearson, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. I'm so excited. As I was saying to you before we got started, this week has just been one revelation after the next. Um, my birthday was on Wednesday, and I've been telling. Thank you. Yeah, I've been telling people of that how excited I was about this interview and about coming on your show and um, talking about all of this and talking about she's hungry because, especially over the last six months, um, I have been hard at work to bring to light what this community really means to me and what it's what is possible for other people um, when we build this community and spread its values. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Happy to have you here. So tell me, tell me about She's Hungry. Let's start there. What is that? Yeah. So um, it's kind of like what I liked. It's a, it's an empowerment lifestyle community, but I like to say it's my approach when in like self-love and self-care and, and coaching lifestyle coaching, but it's more of a, an East meets West coast style. So I'm originally from Pennsylvania. So um, you guys have that whole uh, stereotype out there. That's the scrappy um, East coast hustle. It's cold. It's, it's, I, I like how somebody put it um, East coast. They uh, 
live to work and the West Coast works to live. <laughs> and that's very true, in my opinion, at least. And so moving out here to Portland, um, She's Hungry kind of grew into this um, self-love and self-care and finding out who you really are but also taking action from that place. So that's what She's Hungry means. So whereabouts in Pennsylvania are you from? I'm from um, Reading, which is really interesting because our friend Justin, he actually lives there too. I was gonna say, I call that middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, because you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's about an hour north of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I go to Pittsburgh a lot. My daughter goes to college in Pittsburgh. And when I spoke uh, in York and uh uh, uh, Justin was able to come up and have dinner with me. When I spoke in York, I originally, instead of having dinner with Justin, I thought about having dinner with my daughter. And then I realized it was a four hour drive because Pennsylvania is so long and skinny. It was like, Oh, not close enough to Pittsburgh. So I had, oh to, my God, I no. had to settle with eating with Justin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually went to college in Pittsburgh too. Oh, you did. Where'd you go? Yeah. I went to the university of Pittsburgh and the art Institute of Pittsburgh. Very nice. Well, my daughter's right next door. She is at uh, Carnegie Mellon. Nice. Oh my gosh. That campus and that school is absolutely beautiful. So it's, I, it's beautiful, it's awesome. but, but they're all really smart there. So I just walk around going, Oh, hi, I'm just visiting. <laughs> so yeah, so what, what, what caused you to move to Portland? Cause you know, we got to keep Portland weird. Um, well actually that's funny that you talk about the, the, the slogan of the city because well, look, wait, actually, wait, wait, it's a stolen slogan. You are aware of right, that. All you, right, we, all we, right. we all know. There's a lot of controversy around that topic. Oh, no, no. Google it. It's not controversy. They stole it. And you look at the dates that the first things came out. We all know that it's keep Austin weird. Uh, I was going to speak at a conference with a guy from Portland and we were going to bring T-shirts, keep Austin weird, keep Portland weird and switch them. And he, he kept arguing we had it first. And then he did his research and he called me and goes, oh, Austin had it yeah. by like a decade. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually did do the research because when I went and going back to your original question, I loved the slogan because I think that it gives permission to people to be whoever it is that they are. And that's what I really needed when I moved out here and why when I came out here, I it was completely and totally on accident <laughs> how I got here. Um, but I never wanted to leave because so much felt possible that didn't feel possible on the East Coast for what I wanted for my life. But after doing the research and everything, I was like, wow, this isn't even originally ours. But <laughs> I'm going to just say this. I think Keep Portland Weird sounds better. <laughs> well, I, I'll go ahead and say this. I think Portland is one. I think Portland has stayed weird and Austin has become kind of hipster corporate. So, you know, I moved I, here. I moved to Austin 27 years ago with the expectation of staying three years. But what I liked about Austin was the vibe that you could create and be who you wanted to be. And Austin is still that way. But Austin in the last 27 years has almost tripled in size. We went from 800,000 people to 2.3 million people. And we've oh. built one road. So if you want to leave your house to get downtown, you can't really get there. Like I, I, I've given up on ever leaving my home because there's too many people on the road. So Portland, good thing you built it. for the time being, Portland is winning. So, Yeah, good thing that you built a, a kind of a business around a lot of things that you can do on your own terms from your house. Yeah, well, I'm, on, of, I'm on airplanes 120 days a year. So, All right, well, at least there are airplanes and not the road. <laughs> that, that, that's right. So what <laughs> led you, you, you said you studied psychology. Uh, what led you to actually just start your own thing and go out and be a photographer and, and start this community? Yeah. So I originally started, it, I studied um, psychology, but, and, and I studied photography. Originally, this is kind of, it'll tell you a little bit about who I was when I was 
younger and how it manifested into this, my first dream that I ever had um, was I wanted to be an actress in Hollywood. And everybody rolls their eyes and they're like, oh, of course you did. You wanted to be famous, blah, blah, blah. But actually, I told my dad that I wanted to be an actress in Hollywood because I loved people watching. And I was very good at human behavior and watching people and studying how they work. And I, th I thought I could be really good at doing this. And but it was the only thing that I knew at the time of being 16 that I would be really good at doing and I could make enough money to build libraries in third world countries. Interesting. I, I didn't have that vision, but actually I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted that's that's that was my thought. That was what would have made me happy. And I never did anything about it. And here's the worst part, Kate. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up 14 miles from Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. And I never even no tried. Way. I never even tried. That's why now my motto is I make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. I have T-shirts that say try new things that I give out to some people when I speak. And it's all about the fact that you've got to go out and try stuff because magic fairy dust doesn't happen. And so I, I understand that now, but I never even tried. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the whole, that's exactly what it is that I'm talking about. It's the idea that you have to get uncomfortable and you've got to go out and find what you want, find what makes you happy and, or, and find out who you actually are, not who society's trying to make you into be or what you feel like you should be doing. Be really honest because that's what I had to do and then start there and work from that place, but go out and do the work. I, I think that that message is more commonly being told to your generation back in the 80s and the 90s when I got out of college. It was, you know, you've got to support yourself. You've got to get, a, you know, uh, you know, you got to have a mortgage. If you're going to have a family, you got to be the provider. It was it was not about find yourself. It was about find a way to support your lifestyle. And yeah. so I, I spend a lot of time. I have two gentlemen who I mentor who are both in their late 20s. And, you know, they've I spend a lot of time with them trying to make sure that they realize that they can do whatever they want. They just have to figure out what that is, reverse engineer the steps and, and go for it. But that there's sacrifices involved, but that you can do it. Nobody ever told me I could do it. I had to figure that out when I was older. Yeah, I think that I attribute a lot of that. I mean, my parents both, uh, my mom had her own business when I was a kid. So I, I always say that my dad, um, he, if I told him I wanted to be a rocket scientist, he would try to put me in camps or he would like tell me to read things about them. And my mom would be like, okay, how are you going to afford getting there? She was very much a businesswoman, very much um, a numbers oriented person. And my dad was, I mean, he was also that way, but he was more loving and caring and, and that like nurturing kind of environment too. Like learn the things, show me what you've learned and then we'll figure it out from here. Um, so I was very fortunate to, even though they grew up with that kind of same mentality that you're talking about, to for them to still allow me this idea of dreaming a little bit bigger than what is right in front of me. Well, and that's what we've tried to do with our kids is, you know, whatever they, they want to do, you know, my daughter wanted to go to a top college and we said, if you can get in, we'll, we'll figure it out. And she's about to graduate in May and she went in thinking she was going to go big business and now she wants to be an entrepreneur. And we're like, cool, that's why you go to college. You know, you get the skills and the basics and she's got a great business degree, uh, you know, coming her way from a, from a top college and she's learned a lot of the basics. But now she wants to do something different than she went in with. And instead of saying, oh, but you went to go to Wall Street, it's like, great, go be an entrepreneur. What do you need to do? You know, how do, how do we get there? So we try to, I try to be supportive in a way. And it wasn't that my parents weren't supportive. It's my parents didn't know better. Times were just very different. 
Definitely. No, I, I completely understand that for so, sure. But so, to go back to like way, way back really quick. Um, so I, I was doing photography in, co in college because I was like, you know, I don't think acting is for me. Hollywood turned out to not be everything that I thought it would be. And I was just like, you know, I have values that are bigger than this and I think I can do it in a different way. And so I started doing documentary work. That's how I originally started. And I learned about people's stories. And again, through photography, got to know people and what makes humanity humanity. And I really fell in love with those, the baseline that we all have. And coming up from an Italian family, you see how food brings people together. Food doesn't discriminate. Food allows everybody a seat at the table. And so I was like, how can I mesh the two? So food photography is really where I started because it was a gateway or a place that anyone, I could talk to anyone and anyone could speak from. Hmm. Interesting. So that's how it kind of started to evolve. <laughs> so now that you've been doing this for a while, what, what are you loving about the life you're creating? Uh, the freedom to talk to anyone. Uh, being an entrepreneur, it, and uh, especially out here in Portland, it allows you to, the room. It, it doesn't. It doesn't say that you're not a part of anything, or you're you don't belong here, or whatever. It's saying that I I'm doing this thing because I'm curious, and that makes me human. And I want to ask about you, and I want to find out about you because you have life experience and a story that I know nothing about. And so being an entrepreneur and being able to get out there and put myself in rooms with different people from all walks of life, that freedom to do that is something that I'm finding to be extremely exciting um, along this way. And especially over the last couple of months since I left my full-time, well, actually since I got fired from my full-time job, which is a completely, totally different story. Yeah, but sometimes that's what it takes, right? I mean, I, I wanted to do my own thing for years and I got laid off several times and always chased another job. And, and then nine and a half years ago at the bottom of the recession, April of 2009, in fact, it was April 1st, 2009, I got laid off because everybody was getting laid off in April 2009, but there were no jobs. So I had to pursue my own path. And you know, now 10 years later, almost, I'm, I'm really glad it happened. So sometimes there was a book written by a guy named Harvey McKay a few years ago called I Got Fired and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And he interviewed some of the most successful people in the world, and they talked about the time that they got fired. And if it hadn't happened, the bigger doors wouldn't open for them. Yes, it was really like um, uh, two weeks prior to it happening, I actually went to a seminar. And that was the first time where I said out loud this dream that I had about people and about what people don't know or what people get they're just tired and they get lazy and they settle. And I wanted to remind people what was possible. And people in that room were like, yes, do this thing. But then on Monday I went back to my normal job hmm. and I was like, you know, and you get, I, you get stuck, you get stuck in that. And it was only until the universe or God or whatever, anybody believes in kind of pushed me off the cliff and said, you know what, figure it out. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not going back to work full time because that's just not what I'm supposed to do here. I just knew that. So what advice do you have? Let, let's let's take this down to the younger generation. Let's take this down to the people who are in their 20s. If they feel like, yeah, I'm not doing the right thing. My ladder's against the wrong wall. What advice would you have to them if they want to start their own thing, if they want to take that entrepreneurial path? Get really uncomfortable and go talk to more people. Because it wasn't until I was I was content, I was I felt like I was doing my side hustle, I was working my full time job, and you get so sucked into this bubble 
that you that you look at people online or you look at people through social media or and or you read books on pe- even reading books on people's stories you get this idea on what you think you should do until you get face to face with people and ask them about how they felt as they went through it. And it really shifts the perspective for you. So I think that the first thing that really changed the game for me was putting myself in a room that made I was that I was the youngest in, that people that already had businesses or business plans or titles. <laughs> Like you would not even believe people were like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneurial coach. And other people were like, oh, I can't do this thing because I don't know what to call myself when people ask me what I do. Like something so, so small was holding people back. And it wasn't until I said I put myself in rooms with people like that more often and got uncomfortable that it really changed the game for me. It really changed the trajectory of what I wanted to do and how the last six months have transpired, which has been ultimately the most successful six months, even though they've been the hardest six months also. <laughs> well, I think it's important to go, you know, I said, said at the beginning, success leaves clues. Get around people who are doing what you want to do, people who are there, ask for advice, seek out mentors. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I mentor these these two young gentlemen and their friends are always asking them because I'm I've become pretty entrenched, you know, in their lives. They they have a nickname for me. They call me Dad. Uh, I think cool. <laughs> I, I think cool older brother would have been a way better nickname. But their friends are like, how do you even have him, right? Because like, if they have a problem in their social with their girlfriend, or if they have a problem with their career, you know, they turn to me. And so far, knock wood, I'm I'm right more than I'm wrong. But uh, you know, it's because I'm old and I've been there. But but pe- their friends are like, well, how do you even have a mentor? Well, in both of their cases. I met them sort of randomly and they pursued me. They'd asked for some advice. The advice worked out. They're like, can I ask, can I, can I do this? And eventually they both said, you know, would, would you be like my mentor? I didn't even know what that meant. I ended up introducing them to, to each other. Now they're like best buddies. They're going, they, they took a trip together over Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, and, and this and that. But, but the fact is, is that they pursued it. People always say, well, how does, how does someone younger find a mentor? You kind of have to chase the mentor. Because older people aren't sitting around going, hi, can I give you advice, young person? Because uh, that's creepy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's true. You have to show up where people are who are doing what you want to do and then ask them for guidance. And what I've found is most people want to help. I got a call from a guy yesterday. He wants to be a professional speaker. And he was open to what I, what I told him. A couple days earlier, I met with somebody who wanted to be a speaker. And everything I told him, he goes, well, you don't understand the way this audience is. Well, that's the way I always am. And it's like you can't, you can't fight the guy or the woman who's mentoring you. You have to go with the flow. You don't have to take their advice, but you know you can't push back every time. You know if you ask someone for advice, you can't push back every time. You know they they say it. I think you have to put yourself there and be a sponge. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just recently sat down with my first ever financial advisor, and I you can't. And she, I mean, she's a wonderful woman, but it makes you really uncomfortable. It's money is a, I just said, is kind of a dirty word. It's, it causes a lot of shame for a lot of people. I'm sitting down. I wanted, you feel it inside of you. You want to push back and be like, well, it wasn't exactly this way. But at the end of the day, like you, you sit down and it's like, they're trying to help me. And she said it best when she said, you know, take what you, what you need, take what you want and leave the rest because all I'm here to do is help you um, and push you forward in life. And really, when it comes down to anything, I think it's really great um, when you get uncomfortable and when you can meet people. Because like I just said, when you see social media, I think that uh, entrepreneurs, especially like millennials and things like that, we think we can learn everything on the internet. <laughs> um, 
we, 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 and it, I mean, to an extent, I tried to wear all the hats. I really truthfully did. I sat in my bubble. I taught, I was like, oh, I'll figure out my business taxes. Oh, I'll figure out this. Oh, I'll do that. And that's just not how you grow. That's not how it works. And you can read, even read people's books. I mean, I haven't, I'm looking, I'm, I have an entire bookshelf of what I liked to call as like my how-to guides on how to build my business. But truthfully, until you sit down, because that ultimately, I'm not saying that any of them, and it's not honest to an extent, but it's not the whole truth. And you need the whole truth. And you're not going to get that until you get uncomfortable, you ask people for help and sit down in rooms with them or have conversations like this. It's just not going to happen. And I, I listened to your podcast episode where I think that, um, your daughter's not coming or your your it was like some holiday where your daughter wasn't going to make it but your your mentor your yeah it was fa- the, it was father it was father's day yeah my 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 mentee came for father's day but my daughter was out of town yeah <laughs> she was she, like she saw the pictures is, on facebook and she's like jake comes to father's day yeah <laughs> i thought that was great i'm like yeah he did really he good. did you didn't you know whatever it's all cool yeah what we needed to fill the table <laughs> more more is welcome that's so, awesome well and and the other thing is and we talked about this offline before we started this interview you know one of the things when you just look at social media everybody's lives it's like the the permanent christmas letter you know i don't know if at christmas time you'd get these letters from family or friends where they talk about all the highlights of their year nobody ever says bobby got arrested or sally flunked out of school it's always the highlights of the year and that's all we get on Facebook. We just get, you know, the, the happy glowing, you know, oh, here I am, you know, on this. So, so I travel a lot and I get to stay at a lot of resorts. And if you just see that, oh, I went out for a three mile run, you know, here's a picture of me on the beach in St. Pete's, Florida. You think that's my whole life. What you don't see is, you know, on a different trip, I, you know, I had a fever and I'm laying in a hotel room by myself with no one to help me, uh, you know, just trying to get to the sink to get some water while I'm shivering. And then I have to take a bunch of Tylenol and go give a keynote speech and not tell the client I'm sick. You know, nobody sees that because who's going to put that here? I am barfing on my trip. You know, nobody wants that on Facebook. Yeah. And I think that's when it comes down to she's hungry that when I say it was East meets West Coast, it, there was the hustle of the East Coast that is very much like this is what you do and this is how you do it. And then there was an honesty and the compassion from the West Coast that I had to kind of internalize for myself and figure out who I wanted to show up as. And I wanted to just tell the truth. That's what's the I old saying? Somebody. What's the old saying? Live in New York, but leave before it makes you hard and then live in San Francisco, but leave before it makes you soft. Correct. Yes. And there, I mean, there are so many people that when you say this, they take it so offensively and I have no idea why, because it's just like, look, it's just like anything else. There's a truth to it. There's a little bit of truth. That's why, that's why it's said, that's why it's there. And that's really how my business, she's hungry. Any of this stuff could not have happened any other way. I had to have and know and be rooted in where I was rooted from um, on the East Coast, but come out here and find out what it really meant to be myself and what I really wanted to put out into the world and to show people that they don't have to do it the way that they think that they have to do it because that's they have to build a business this way. They have to post on Instagram at seven o'clock every day. They have to market this way. And I'm like, honestly, like screw all of that. Like I was supposed to put out a podcast episode two weeks ago and I had just got back from vacation. I was, I did not feel good. I, I, and I was just like, you know what? No, like, and the world didn't end. The world didn't end. My, my listenership did not go down. The audience is fine. Everybody's still, the world's still spinning. (laughs) 
So I talk a lot about this gap that exists between potential and results. You see someone who's young and she's hungry and she's getting things done and everybody thinks, oh, she has so much potential. But we all know that as we move forward, some entrepreneurs succeed, some business professionals you know, hit it out of the park and others flail along. What do you think is the difference between people who go way across that gap between potential and results and the people who never get past the starting gate? Taking action, doing something about it. I was just having a conversation with my very best friend yesterday where she was saying she was complaining about um, we used to work at a gym together. That's how we met. And she was saying like, man, I wish I used to be this way. I, I used to be this way. I wish I could find a routine or a system in order to feel and look this way again. And she's we've been talking about this for weeks. And I mean, I share a lot. I share that same mentality to a certain extent with her, but I, I get up and I get up at six o'clock and I do a 30 minute workout or something like that. And it's, it's, I said to her yesterday, I said, I am not going to sit by and listen to you beat yourself up and uh, about something that you are not willing to do anything about. And I think that we, we got like that. We're like that as a society we, we get settled and we complain about the job we hate about the life, about the money we don't have, about the life that we wish we had. And we, but we never do anything. We never get mad about it enough or we never get curious enough about it to do anything. And that's where the difference is made. It's that whether it's big or small, forward is still forward. And you can do something about it every single day. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think that's I think that's wonderful advice. Kate, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Kate Pearson. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Kate, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? Uh, the coolest thing that I'm actually really excited about right now is I being a food photographer. It's something that I do a lot here in Portland and I'm running into business owners that I go and I shoot photos for them and then I give them the photos and um, they're happy and it's great. But there was a disconnect that uh, putting them out on social media or putting them on Facebook or utilizing this content to the like most of its worth and the most of its value, they were missing this. And it wasn't doing for their businesses what I hoped it would do for them simply because, let's be honest, Instagram, Facebook, it's a huge marketing tool these days. And it's one that you need to use as a business owner. You just need to, especially with these generations that are coming up, which we spend all of our time here on our phones. And so I, what I'm doing is now I'm solving the problem. I said, what can I do to help these people not only give them the content that will help them with their business that is professional, it's quality. It, people will stop and they will look at it and they will read the caption. But now I'm putting together a... Um, 
a, like a social package. So I will not only take the content, but I will help you post it. I will come in and teach your your people how to post it. I will either, or I'll give you your own calendar where all you have to do is hit the post button. Or if you want to hire me to do it all myself, I can absolutely do that for you too. Because I was, I mean, like I said to you in the beginning, my mom had her own business growing up and I know how many hats business owners have to wear. And if I could help and solve that problem to make sure that the content that I'm delivering to them is used to the best of its ability to maximize that your business potential and your and your and the potential of your business and the people that are coming in then I want to do that and I know that a lot of business owners just don't have time so I'm like this is what I'm excited to offer in the new year in the next couple of, of weeks to launch and the the start of this social package so that I can help people because I want to empower people to feel like what they're putting their money into and what they're investing their time into is going to give their business what it needs in order to grow oh, that's, in this day and age. And that sounds like exactly what these small, especially these small food businesses and stuff like that, that's exactly what they need. That's that's awesome. So good luck with all of that. Hey, the last, the last question I want to ask you is who do you admire out in the world of entrepreneurship, out in the entrepreneur sphere? Because I think, I think really great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. And you've clearly been observing for a long time. Who do you look at and say, wow, they're doing cool stuff. Uh, I I think that it's going to kind of sound cliche, but again, taking everything into consideration, uh, I just recently did an interview with Sarah Centrella and she woke me up and I admire the authenticity that she has uh, when she put out her book, Hustle, Believe, Receive. It's, an, it's on it. It's a difficult read because it forces you to ask yourself hard questions. And I think that that's exactly what I needed at the time. And she actually had a hand in shaping the last couple of months of my life. So I really admire her authenticity and how she shows up in all of her realness because she is truthfully wholeheartedly breaking the mold on what it means to be successful in your, on your own terms. And I really admire that about what she's doing. Well, and something tells me that we're going to look back and say, that's who Kate Pearson is, because this has been a delightful interview. Your, your energy is contagious. I'm sitting here the whole time going, yes, yes. And, you know, not to sound old, but you're very young. And I think that I think the, the future, your future is bright. I think people are going to Google your name someday. They're going to find this episode and they're going to be like, Tom, how were you one of the first people to ever get to interview Kate Pearson? Oh, before she was famous. Oh, my God. And I'll say, you know, I just can pick them. That's all there is to it. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for being thank a, you. So if people want to find you, if other people have listened to this episode and said, who is this young woman? I have to know more about Kate Pearson. How do they find you? Well, um, before I say that, I do want to say thank you so much for, again, for having me on the show. I and some and being a part of the, the podcast community and listening to your show, I really appreciate the questions that you ask because I feel like you get to the heart of it all. It's not just for... Uh, for listeners or engagement, it's truly asking harder, more unique questions. So I really appreciate the way that you um, interview people and your interview style and who you are as a person. I, I really admire that. So thank you for thank having you. me on. Thank you. And so if people want to follow me, I have a website. It's katepearson.com. And Kate is so, spelled C-A-I-T. Yes. So it's katepearson.com. And also I'm primarily on Instagram, mostly it's a little bit on Facebook, but it's primarily Instagram because at the end of the day, I am a photographer and photos make me happy. <laughs> so my Instagram handle is underscore she's hungry. So that's underscore. And then it's S H E S 
H-U-N-G-R-Y. And yeah, you can connect with me on there. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And I say it every time. For those of you who listened, thank you. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, If you liked the show, please leave a review on iTunes. One of the most important things to a show is new subscribers. So run around to everyone in your office and all your friends, steal their iPhones, click on the thing and make them subscribe to cool things entrepreneurs do. Uh, The more people who subscribe, the more the show ranks, the more people find the show. So uh, just make every parent on your kid's baseball team subscribe, Uh, run through the supermarket, make people subscribe. Uh, if uh, if you're going to be on stage somewhere, just make everybody pull out their phones, subscribe. No, I'm just kidding, but it, that wouldn't suck. Hey, anyway, like I said, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to find out more about me, everything is at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. And we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Kate Pearson. And I know you're thinking, how is that possible? But we always seem to fork it out. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to challenge you. Go out there and try something new. You know, if you do the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. So go out and try new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.